is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their own personal stories on how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Tor Miller over her Zoom video. Tor was born and raised in New York City, spent a little bit of time in New Jersey, and he talks about how he got into music. Started to play piano at a very early age. One of the first things he ever did as a musician was he played a talent show, did an original song in middle school, and that really won over people and obviously gave him confidence to continue writing and recording music. Tor talked to us about the band he formed in high school, getting into the Clive Davis School of Recording at uh, New York University. Two years in, he ended up signing a record deal with Glass Note Records. We talk all about that. Touring the world, having an opportunity to play you know, all across the world. Putting out his record, American English, which did very, very well for him. He talked about kind of his roundabout way of recording the record Surviving the Suburbs. Where he was when COVID happened and how that affected this brand new record, which is coming out. And his two most recent singles off the album talks all about those most recently all-time low you can watch the interview with tor miller on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards it'd be cool if you subscribe to our channel like us on facebook follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at bringing back pod and if you're an amazon shopper a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks it's super easy please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase. Because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Tor Miller. My name's Adam, by the way, and this is about you, your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. How's it going, Tor? Nice to meet you. <laughs> awesome awesome so Tor, talk to me about were you born and raised in in new york yeah so i was born in greenwich village and i lived in the village area and brooklyn until i was about 13 and then moved out to jersey for a bit did high school out there and then came back uh, for nyu very cool what was it like growing up in the city it was great it was really great i think that uh, it imparts a sort of sense of uh, independence and freedom sure. upon you. Like, you know, you're, I was taking the subway alone at a very young age and getting around and being able to take care of myself um, very, very early on. So it's that's great. And I think that that translated into like the music career of traveling around and touring like any big city. I, It's essentially the same, right? So it's like, you know how to get around, you know how to ask people, you just, you know get it so it right. definitely helped me touring especially coming, touring when i was on my own like no band or roadies or anything sure especially coming from the biggest city right <laughs> yeah, yeah the only one yeah yeah <laughs> well that's awesome you moved to jersey you said in high school yeah well when did you get into music how old were you i mean i 
at a very early age, like I, I loved music. Um, but I think that when it really became something that I started exploring um, for myself as a, as a singer and, and a musician was when I moved to Jersey about 13. Um, for the first half of the year, I was still going to school in New York. So I was driving an hour and a half. So I had all this time and wow, my mom just like loaded up some records that she liked uh, for me to listen to. So it was Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie, and then Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And I just listened to those records up and forth, like up and back, like every single day. Um, and that coincided with getting music lessons in Jersey and, and then starting to write and sing and explore it. So around that age, around the time that I was leaving the city, I mean, before that, even I was taking lessons and, and, and whatever, but sort of passively. I, I didn't have the same passion. Uh, like piano sort of, lessons or where did you start? Yeah, piano that? lessons. My, my, I went to a pretty sort of uh, art forward school. Um, so we, we really, there was a point in time I was learning cello wow. uh, and violin. And then um, I landed on piano and, and that was the one I, I moved forward with. Okay. Yeah. And when did you say, you said you started writing music pretty early on as well? Yeah. I mean, there was, I distinctly remember a time when I was probably seven or eight where my aunt had passed away and I had written like this kind of like improvisational piano piece um, for her. So that was like really the first time I did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but a real full-fledged song was when I was in about seventh or eighth grade. Uh, and I played it at the talent show. Wow. And the response I got from it. And I did a, I did an original and a cover and people resonated more with the original. And then that's when I really kind of got the bug and started writing a lot. That's cool. What, what was the, so I always find this fascinating that artists will choose a talent show in front of the entire school as like your first performance. I mean, you're the most talk about the most vulnerable moment ever. Like you're in front of your entire peers, all your class. Whereas if you were playing like in a coffee shop or something, maybe you'd run into one of these people at one point yeah, in life, but like, like you're, an anonymous, yeah, anonymous yeah, you're, actor, you're yeah. right there to everybody that you know, and then to play an original song too. I mean, that's a pretty bold move. Yeah. And I mean, on top of it as well, like I was new to that school and I found it a bit difficult, like everyone was nice, but I, I found it a bit difficult to break into the friend group a bit. So I, I'm, I'm a pretty quiet person. Um, and so I think that that kind of that performance took a lot of people by surprise. You know, sure. they didn't really know that I even played music and then Let certainly wrote that, you know, your own song. I mean, yeah, wow. exactly. What was the cover you did? I'm just curious. It was Boston by Augustana. Okay. We pronounced the band name, but yeah. Very yeah. cool. So from there, did you like continue writing songs kind of by yourself or at what point do you, do you form a band ever or? Yeah. So I started writing songs and then after the eighth grade um, talent show, I ended up going to a different high school. And I joined the jazz band at the high school uh, immediately. And during that period of time, I was writing and writing. And I mean, it's pretty much all I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I started making friends in that 
that program and we put a band together and then I started writing for the band now and we were doing like battle of the bands to play at like bamboozle festival here in, in Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like we won a couple of years in a row or we were one of, of several winners. They, you know, there was like four or five bands that made it into the festival. But you so guys play bamboozle that early on, huh? Yeah. So we were, yeah, probably like 15 and 16 because we did it several years in a row and we got to play. Um, so then, yeah, like we would just have weekly rehearsals. I'd spend the whole week writing and working on new songs for the band to play and practice that weekend. And then we'd do open mics. And then that's how we got into the break contest. And we were playing like Stone Pony and New Jersey and really like working our way into some of these venues in the city and stuff as well. Wow. And then you ended up going to or going to school at NYU. Clive, da Clive Davis, is that where you yeah, went? Yeah, I went to the Clive Davis School uh, at NYU, uh, which was amazing. And I, I mean, I ended up staying only for two years and then I got a, a, a record deal with Glassnote. Oh, okay. And then so, so left. And it was always my goal. It was kind of a funny thing where it was like things really were working out where I had kind of made a deal to myself that like my first two years in New York City, like I was going to get a record deal. I was going to like drop out of school, which is like exactly what ended up happening in like kind of a weirdly prophetic way. But um, yeah, it was it was it was really such a cool experience. And during that first year at NYU, I had a couple residencies where I was playing at like Rockwood Music Hall in the East Village. And then I'd play piano and perform during these burlesque acts at this venue called the Slipper Room. OK. And these uh, variety shows. So I was just this 18 year old kid and it was like really wild. It was a lot of fun and it felt like you were seeing some like little secret side to the city, you know, so it was a nice way to start it off at NYU. That's cool. How did you get into Clive Davis? Did you have to do an audition or like a performance? Yeah. So it was, uh, you, you made like a, a pretty much like a reel, you know, you could kind oh, of wow. do, do it however you wanted. Um, but so I just did a performance video, uh, and then, you know, you had to fill out essays for NYU just in general. And then Clive Davis had its own set of essays you'd had to write and in a, a Zoom interview as well and, and all of that. So it was pretty extensive. And I mean, they only took like 55 kids a year or something. Wow. So it was a small school. So, yeah, a very small school and a huge university. Yeah. And to be a part of that, that's massive. What yeah, it was amazing. And like, I mean, some of the kids that were in my grade have gone on to do like amazing stuff. I mean, that school just in general uh has bred a lot of um amazing talents like i mean my good friend was maggie rogers and then john cunningham who's done produced so much stuff for so many different artists um it's just crazy to think this little friend group so many people have gone on to to do such amazing things that is so cool and you said at what, a couple of years in is when you got signed to glass now yeah about like a year and a half in to nyu how did that happen um well i had a manager i like posted music before of my band in high school on myspace and a few different uh places online and it got the attention of some family and friends and stuff who passed it along to other people and then i met my manager chris gentry my old manager chris gentry and he booked me a show in new york city I played that for him with my band and he really liked it. And so when I went to NYU, we started working together. He got me those residencies and all the while 
uh, inviting out labels and A&R and whatnot to all those shows, taking meetings. And then eventually it just stuck with Glassnote. Daniel Glass came to a Rockwood performance. He really enjoyed the set, took a chance. And it was really like a handshake deal. And then we were in and doing it with Glassnote. So wow. pretty old school, given the fact that I didn't really have any music out uh, at the time. So, yeah, it was, yeah. it was very much a leap of faith. I mean, and look at their, their roster is insane. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was still at the time. They have like Phoenix and Mumford and Sons. Like yeah, so Childish many, was on Childish there. Childish on UV, yeah, yeah, churches. Like, yeah, they have just like an extensive roster of bands. That must have been cool to be, you know, within that that kind of group. Oh, 100%. And I mean, I got to meet uh, a lot of those people and, and it was really such a great experience and I learned a lot from them. And um, I'm no longer with Glass Note, but like right, the, but the time there was was great. And and uh, the artists, it was really like a little moment in time, you know, mm -hmm. when you signed that deal, like were you working in another job? Like at what point do you you obviously quit school? So something. Well, yeah, at the time, I mean, when I first signed, it went pretty full on into the touring world and writing and recording. So, I mean, there was really no time to take on any other work. So I just went straight into it um, because if it weren't like a tour, then I was in the studio 24 seven. And if not that, like some sort of press or promo or something. Sure. Was that cool? Like kind of overwhelming at all? Or, or what was it like? It was amazing. Being, I mean, yeah, especially, the tour, especially the touring. Um, I love traveling. Um, and so that was just a dream come true, really. You know, getting to go around the world and play music. And I met so many people and now I have friends all over the world. You know, I can go to so many cities now and hit someone up and be like, let's go out. And mm -hmm. I've gotten to see, you know, a very unique perspective on a lot of places. Because I think when you're touring, especially at a certain level, you're kind of going to like sort of the cooler parts of town, you know, it's not really the touristy spots. So you just get to see a, a unique perspective on each place, mm -hmm. um, which is what I love. So that alone and playing gigs, like that's all I want to do with the rest of my life. So being able to do that at such a young age too, it was amazing. And thinking that like, oh, I've been around the world and seen more than, I mean, most can even say in an entire lifetime. So it was yeah a dream, a total dream. I For think sure. now I'm, I'm humbled by a lot of the experiences. I think at the time I was such a, a cocky, cocky little kid, but well, of course, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and being able to do that, it's like, you know, you're really feeding the beast there. So, uh, I learned a lot. I've matured a lot since, um, but yeah, it was wild. Yeah. What was, what was the first, did Glassnote put you on some cool tours right away? Is that what, what really? Got yeah. You well, so I ended up doing a tour with Aurora, who was also another Glassnote artist at the time. And we did yeah. a US tour and that was amazing. Um, and so fun. And, and she's wonderful and her band was great. Um, so that was my first kind of headline go around. I mean, opening for a headliner on the whole yeah. tour. And then James Bay, I did a tour with him wow. on the U.S. And that was sick. But that wasn't really through Glassnote as much as like he was a fan of my music because I was recording and spending a lot of time in London. Mm -hmm. And he came to one of my London gigs and he was like, why don't you come out with me? And so wow. that was like a much more organic one. Um, 
which was so cool. Really nice. And he's a wonderful person. So that's awesome. And the first record you put out was Headlights. Is that with, with that was your first EP? That was my first EP. Yeah. Um, I recorded that with uh, Elliot James and John Green. Uh, John Green, who I, I wrote pretty much the whole album with. Uh, and we recorded it in London at a studio in West London called East Coat which is where we then went on to record American English with that same team at the same place. Okay. And American yeah. English blew up for you, right? I mean, that it one... really did like Carter and cash especially, but I mean, like, I think it started headlights really sort of set a great foundation, the song itself too specifically. And from there, then Carter and cash came out as a single. And then that really did a lot of things uh, and set the record up pretty well. Was that like, did it, I mean, on, if you look at it on Spotify, it's insane. I mean, it has 10 and a half million plays. Uh, but was that something that like, did you get ready to play with that record or like what really sparked that song? It was a mix. Like it did get a lot of radio play. Um, it did that. And then it also got into NBA 2K17. Wow, that's cool. And that be that was like the second wave. Like it went and played on a lot of alternative radio mm -hmm. uh, and satellite radio and whatnot. And then it kind of was, you know, ran its course there and then landed on the video game. And then that just like set up a whole new, you know, set like for were that. You, were you a video game guy at all or not really? I play like honestly NBA like I do play that game so it was pretty sick and it was fun to play against friends because you're just like well even if you beat me like it doesn't really matter because like, my songs on the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so you beat me but yeah. check this out my name yeah. and song is on this <laughs> I win every time yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> that's amazing. was it hard to kind of follow that up like i mean they always say like the next record is the whatever the the sophomore push was it hard to or were you even thinking about that in your mind i mean for me personally like what i gauge success as is like on a creative end you know mm -hmm. like how can i get better and in every sense with like my lyrics and the music and, and everything and so i think that it was yeah kind of like we spent so much time promoting american english it's like okay so what next what do we do now right and for me what that meant was like i kind of need to get away from the whole kind of industry element of it and i need to just go off on my own and make something um that feels like me because i think with american english though i love that record so much and it did so many things for me it felt like at the time that I was making a lot of compromises and there were so many people in my head uh, and pulling me in a million different directions, like the label and management and this mm -hmm. and that. And so it became really hard to write and record anything because you just felt like you had all the, this noise in your head. So I just went away. And I think this kind of led to the beginning of the end with Glassnode a little bit, but like I went off on my own and just recorded a whole record uh in new jersey and um then turned around and i was like well i need all the money now for the uh the record <laughs> but i had to do that i had because i knew that i was going to a place with and working with people who were like sort of unproven 
and I just knew that if I let people in on what I was doing, that it would just, there would be a lot of resistance and a lot of people telling me, no, don't do that. And I had heard so many no's in the past. I was just like, I, I have to make my own thing. And so then that was surviving the suburbs. Yeah. Such like a, a, a interesting period in my life. You know, I had come off all the highs and all the craziness and busyness of uh, American English and touring the world. And I just came back to my hometown, you know, and pretty mm-hmm. much moved back in with my parents being like, okay, I guess I'm here again. <laughs> yeah, and then I got a job nice, like working yeah. at a music school, which is where the studio was. And then oh, cool. I just made just every morning I got up and I'd be the first person there in the rehearsal rooms. I'd be writing from like eight on through into the afternoon. I'd leave for a bit, have lunch, come back and I'd stay in the studio all night and pretty much do that every single day, uh, all day. So I'd never left that place. And that's Uh, what birthed the surviving the suburbs record. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so the label had no idea you were doing this. You're like, I'm, I told them I was making a a single. And so they gave (laughs) me the money for a single. And then I was like, actually, I made the whole thing. Here's the whole album. Deal with it. (laughs) They weren't the happiest, but I just, I, it was what I had to do and I didn't really give shit. Right. There you go. There you go. So you put the record out. Did you tour that album as well? Yeah, we did like a little, we did a run of the U S um, came home and then it was time to figure out the next thing you know mm-hmm. and so then you get home start figuring out the next thing and then how much longer because that record came out in 2018 how much longer after that did the world shut down well i guess it was i started recording i mean so there came a point where it was like clearly i was going to get kicked off the label you could just feel it mm-hmm. and so i which is all fair and good, you know, and I kind of saw the warning signs. And so I just started thinking, well, what's in my next move? And I had all this music already together and I had become very good friends uh, with this guy named Adrian who lived in New York, who lives in New York. Um, and I love the music he makes. He has a, his uh, artist name is Aid. And I've always uh, really respected him. And we met at a party in the city that I I, uh, I was hosting. And so we started talking about writing some music together. And I had had these songs and he helped me finish and put some over the edge. And then it just became clear, like, well, why don't we make this an album? Because it's really sort of shaping together. Mm-hmm. And so as everything was ending with Glass Note, we then started to record the project, which was like November, 2019. Okay. We just went full on in and then COVID hit around February, end of February, early March. We Mm -hmm. took three months off, came back together uh, when it felt safe. And we just dedicated all our time, the entire pandemic to just making a record that we thought sounded perfect, which is what I'll be releasing next year. Right, right, right. Okay. And you got a couple of songs out off the record now? Yes. Cool. Yes. So we put out Generation of Me uh, in October at the beginning of the month. And then at the end of the month, we put out All Time Love just uh, last week. Very cool. Very cool. And then, so the record's done. It's wrapped up. And is, was it hard to kind of, did you, was it finished? Like when, when, when would you say the whole record was done? And was it hard to kind of 
keep it? Was it ever like, uh, maybe we shouldn't start releasing songs yet because we don't know if we're going to be able to play live or. Well, like what kind of ended up happening is that, you know, it became evident that the pandemic wasn't going to end anytime soon. And <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> and so we felt as if, why don't we just take our time? Like what world is there really to put it out into? Mm-hmm. There came to points where it like, we were working for so long that I started to question, like, it's this becoming diminishing returns. And I'm glad that I listened to Adrian because he was really the one telling me like, let's just keep pushing. We can make it better. We can make it better, better. And he was really so right. Like when you listen to old mixes for months before uh, to where we landed, like the difference is astonishing. Um, and so we just felt like, why don't we just, take our time. So we went from there and then I'd been done with the record. Maybe. I mean, end of like mid summer, like I had had it for a while. And then I spent time because I was independent or I am independent. um, Sending it around to everyone, getting opinions on the record, getting, you know, what people thought the single should be. And, you know, anything, just having anyone listen to it, really. And and it became very uh, informative, a bit of an outline for how I should release. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to now where I put out all time low and generation. I think I'm going to chill for the holiday season and then pick it up next year. But it's kind of reactionary. It's It's an interesting thing now where it's like I'm not working with a corporation, really, or like, you know, so... You can it's, do what you want, right? Yeah, you can kind of, yeah, guerrilla style. It's just, you know, see what happens, see what's working, hold things back, push them forward. So all of that is to say, it's like, we'll just kind of see. But um, right now, like, I'd like to put the album out at in February or March, you know, with another single or so coming early next year. That's so amazing. We'll Have you had a chance to play any shows since the pandemic yeah i have played a few in the city and i'm coming to la on friday and i'm playing one at hotel cafe on the 13th of november Oh, that's a great venue yeah i love that place and then after that i go to austin december 2nd and i'll be playing swan dive cool um so a couple of little gigs here or there trying to get myself back out there mm-hmm. um but i played in new york a lot and to the point of which like it's time to get out of here <laughs> what was it like playing your first shows back from maybe not playing for over a year you know that's funny because i was really uh expecting it to be quite emotional that's what know? i would imagine right yeah and that's like what i was preparing myself for and then you got up there and it was strangely just like business as usual Really, it felt like one of those things, which is how the pandemic has felt like for me in general, where it's like equally feels as grueling and long and sluggish as it has, but like at the same time, incredibly fast, like a blink of an eye from the <laughs> beginning of it to now. Um, right. It like, doesn't. Go ahead. Sorry. Time is just warped completely. Um, 
So I just felt like up there on stage, it was like yesterday that I had been up there. I was definitely like, I think after the fact it hit me, I, I was very appreciative and thankful and realized like, oh, this really all could have been and kind of was taken away from us, um, mm-hmm. but could have been forever. And uh, just made me appreciate it. And I think, I think people- oh, sorry. Sorry, no, 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 go ahead. I think like, kind of bringing it back to that young cocky kid I was, I took everything for granted and to go full circle with this moment and being on stage for that um, really made me have a deeper appreciation for what it is that I do. And I'm gifted and, and, um, and able to do with music, you know? And I, hopefully I, that will rub off on, on people coming as fans too, I'd imagine. Like, oh, oh for sure, coming through on a Tuesday. Ah, you know, I got work tomorrow. Like, well, and I think people are going to be like, "You bet, I better see him because." No, I think I think it goes it goes yeah. for everybody involved in the show, the fans and the and the performers. Like, right? There's definitely like a massive desire to get out there, um, and uh, less excuses being made to not show mm-hmm. up to gigs, you know? Right. Because he, you might not be back in up yeah. two months, you know? It could be two years with who what knows? The way things yeah. are. You know what I mean? Who knows? <laughs> well, so, that's exciting, yeah. man. The record's coming out next year. You got some amazing singles out. Um, All Time Low is the most recent one. And um, I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really, really excited about this one. It feels um, the most organic, I'd say, in terms of how it came about and how it was created. Um, and all the while, like making it with with aid, like that was just a friendship that blossomed. And I mean, really, that's like the beauty of it is like how close the two of us became, you know, and just sure. really like best, best friends. And uh, if nothing else, like that makes it all worthwhile to be honest you have a friendship right yeah (laughs) and an incredible album but thank you um, yeah yeah well thank you so much Tor, for doing this man i really appreciate your time of course thank you so much for having me i do have one more question for you i want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists i'd say listen to your instincts and and realize what it is and why it is that you want to be making music um, and, and to, to come to terms with that and be able to name it uh, pretty early on. Is it because you want to make a statement with your music or whatever the case may be? Is it because you want to be famous? And that's no judgment on either end. I think that there's validity to everything, but uh, realize that because it'll be your guiding light as you go forward you'll know why it is that you're doing what you're doing. You'll be able to make decisions. You'll be able to listen to the people around you and take advice and pass on other advice, but you'll know why. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say.